Welcome to Season 2 of the Esthetician Hub Podcast, where we dive deeper into the world of skincare and wellness. I'm your host and licensed holistic medical esthetician, Vanessa, and in this season, I'm excited to bring you even more insightful conversations with some of the most inspiring estheticians, beauty entrepreneurs, and wellness gurus in the industry. From discussing the latest skincare trends to exploring the challenges and rewards of entrepreneurship, we'll cover it all. So sit back, relax, and let's get glowing. Happy New Year to everyone. Today, we have a special guest joining us and our first guest, actually, of 2024. We have Samantha Anderson. So hi, Samantha, and welcome to the Esthetician Hub. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to chat with you. Of course, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. So since we're on the topic of starting off the new year, what would you say is your number one New Year's resolution? Hmm, New Year's resolution, that's a tough one. I feel like I have a few. My New Year's resolution is basically I'm pregnant, so to... Get through my pregnancy healthy, happy, easily. It's been good so far. And then bring baby into this world and kind of figure out what to do when she gets here. Of course. That's amazing. And honestly, I wish you all the best this year. Lots of good health, lots of love from the family. Um, So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this wellness space? Yes. So I'm... Basically, still learning. I feel like I'm learning all the time, every day. I'm no expert. I'm not a professional, but everything that I do do, I've done research for myself, for my skincare journey. Everyone's journey is different. Mine has been special in a way that I've really learned how to take care of my skin in a way that's best for me, that has helped to heal a lot of the problems that I've had. And a lot of that has to do with melasma, breaking out, um, under eye bags, whether it's really dry skin. And my journey consisted of a lot of skin healing, but also mental healing, which I found plays a huge, huge role in how your skin reacts, how your skin looks. And that for me was the biggest challenge was figuring out how to get my mental health and my emotional health to a place that was, that was good for me and allowed me to learn more about how to take care of my skin. So once I kind of cleared my mind, I was able to clear my skin, if that makes sense. Mm, I absolutely love that because I just feel like not a lot of people realize the connection between clearing your mind, which can actually have an effect on your physical body. And we'll definitely get into that a little bit more. Um, So we obviously know that self-care plays a really, really important role of your overall wellness. So could you share a little bit about some of your favorite self-care practices or any rituals that helped contribute to that healthy, glowing skin? Because I can actually see your skin right now through the screen and it's like glowing Oh, at thank the you. Thanks so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it took me a minute, a, a long while actually to get here, you know, really figuring out my skin because everyone's skin is different. You really have to figure out what works for you. But something that I think everyone can attribute to their daily skincare routine, something that I'm obsessed with is mental clarity, which is yeah. whether it's yoga, meditation, anything like that. So I start every day with yoga, 
I'll do whether mm-hmm. if I'm not feeling it, I'll do like a 10 minute stretch. If I'm really into it, I'll do like a 30 minute stretch and then walking mm-hmm. outside. I go to the beach every morning with my dog. So we go, we sit, we kind of take it all in, breathe it in. If you don't have access to the beach, that's fine. You could just go outside for a walk, whatever that is mm-hmm. to get your mind right and to clear your head. First thing I think is the most important So for me, rituals that I do every day would be starting with that. It's waking up, doing something immediately, not looking at my phone right when I open my eyes. It's getting out of bed. It's getting ready. It's going for a walk. It's taking my dog to the beach. When we get back, I do a yoga, whether it's 30 minutes or 10 minutes. And then I do have a whole routine that I do almost every single day that it's, I wouldn't say it's excessive, um, it, it can be if I want it to be, um, yeah. just like with everything else, but I can do it all in 10 minutes or I can do it in 30 minutes. And for me, yeah. that starts with um, face yoga. So body first, and then I move on to face. And what I love about face yoga is I really feel like it helps. It just gives you the time to strengthen tone those muscles. And it's not something you see immediate results with or anything like that. It's not like immediately after you're like, wow, I've got fully sculpted cheeks after just one time, it's more training your muscles to work in a way that's beneficial for you to cause less wrinkles or to stretch in different ways. And it's really interesting. And what I love about it the most is, again, with the mental side, it helps you learn your face. So it helps you learn who you are, how your face works, how you react to things. When you're working your face out, you're like, oh, when I raise my eyebrows, when I look surprised, this is what my face is doing. And I think that that's so important because as with a lot of things, you don't really understand your body or your face or any of that unless you take the time to learn about it. Um, Yeah. So I start with that. I do a little bit of face yoga, which I love. And I feel like it it definitely does make a difference when it comes to symmetry and helping train your muscles, but it also makes you kind of appreciate yourself. You know, you can say your daily mantra while you're doing it. You're staring at yourself, which can be a little uncomfortable at first, especially if you're never looking at yourself in the mirror, which was something like I avoided a lot of the time when I first started this journey. I would look in a mirror, glance in a mirror, and then be like, okay, I don't want to see myself right now. I've got melasma. I've got dark spots. I'm not comfortable. I'm not happy. So the last thing I want to do is stare in a mirror at myself. And, you know, that a part of the journey is self-love and learning to love yourself and that you can heal these problems. So that's something that I stick with daily as well is the um, face yoga. And then I move into like a gua sha kind of lymphatic drainage situation, which I love because it feels so good. And with that, I do feel like you do see pretty immediate results when it comes to just the drainage in your face and like seeing everything depuff and lift. It's really nice because then afterwards you're like, oh, okay, now I feel like myself. Now I feel fresh. And then I usually end just with my skincare routine, um, which is also pretty simple. And then once I'm done with that, I get my water with my electrolytes and I'm good to go. And that can last again 10 minutes if I want it to, or it can last 30 to 45 minutes if I want it to. So it just depends on my day, but every single day, that's what I do. Yeah. I love that you said that it can literally last between 10 to 30 minutes. Cause it's exactly that you don't have to spend like 
one hour just to do your gua sha routine. I mean, you can if you wanted to, but you honestly just need like a good five minutes of focusing on just draining, depuffing your skin. And definitely in the morning, if you are doing gua sha, and I love that you said that, I think it's the best time to do gua sha because you're basically draining all of that fluid that was just staying stagnant the whole entire night. Yeah. That's why in the morning when you wake up, you're super puffy. You have all of this like water retention in your face. So just doing that lymphatic drainage in the morning is absolutely amazing. And I love also the fact that you mentioned that when you wake up, you're not on your phone. Yes. And I think not a lot of people know this, but it's like, it is so important for you to just get that sunlight first thing in the morning, not to have this artificial blue light in the morning because it's really going to destroy all of your hormones for the whole entire day. So it's very important to just, you know, wake up, make sure that you're not looking at your phone and just continuing with your self-care routine and being very mindful when you're doing it as well. You know, like when you are doing like your gua sha routine or you're doing your lymphatic drainage, very important to be mindful in the moment. Because yes. you're not really going to see any benefits if you're just doing your gua sha, but then you're thinking about like 30 different things. You exactly. Know what I mean? So I think it's really, really good. I absolutely love your self-care routine. Um, could you give us a little bit of a sneak peek of your skincare routine? So what products do you use? Yes. So it's changed a little bit for me um, being pregnant, but it's very similar to what I do regularly. Um and because I like to keep everything very natural, very clean, and I love oils. They're one of my favorite things. But yeah. um, there are some staples that I go to and I use all the time. So I always start with just splashing some water on my face. I don't do a deep exfoliating cleanse in the morning because I don't feel like my skin needs that. Um, and so then I immediately move to my hyaluronic acid. And I always do it with a wet face. So I put on a little bit of water on my face, just a splash. Then I do my hyaluronic acid. And then after I give everything 30 seconds, if I'm in a rush, at least to a minute to absorb into my skin when I'm starting my skincare routine in the morning. And so then I'll put on my hyaluronic acid. I'll go around and get some things prepared around the house to start my skincare routine when it comes to the face yoga and all of that, because I kind of do it in synchronicity with my skincare routine. And then once I've got that set up, I will then do my vitamin C. And so I put that on my face and I give that about a minute or two. And then I like to put on my oil. And what I do then is sometimes if I feel like I'm really, really dry or my skin is like maybe too oily and I have pretty normal skin, but I, so I will use a moisturizer if I feel like I need one. Otherwise I stick with my oil and I like to do the oil because I know that I'm immediately going into some face yoga and some gua sha and I want to be using my oils for that. And so I use a sea buckthorn oil. It's got jojoba and coconut in it. And it's just amazing. I actually use that oil for everything. So at the end of the day, I'll use it to take my makeup off as well. But what I do is I add my oils and then I do my face yoga, my gua sha. And while I'm doing that, the oil has time to set into my skin. So when I'm done with everything, I feel as though everything's been absorbed. My skin is now how I want it to feel. And my face is how I want it to look because I've done my lymphatic drainage. And then I put on my sunblock, which to me is one of the most important things. And I love a yeah. tinted sunblock. So I use a mineral tinted sunblock and I put that on. And then if I feel like I'm good to go, then I'm good to go. Otherwise, I might add a little bit more um, 
of the hyaluronic acid in with my sunblock and just pat it on my face. And then I go out for my day and that's the extent of my morning skincare routine, getting everything on my face and then getting everything off at the end of the night is a little bit of a different story, depending on if I've added makeup, which usually I don't do unless I'm doing like a little bit of concealer under my eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's amazing. Do you use the one by Living Libations? I do. The I love that, is that one. My, oh my it's God. the holy grail of skin yeah. oils and it is a game changer, like for everything. Yeah. I absolutely love that one. When you said that you cleanse your face at night with that one, I was like, oh, immediately Living Libations. Yeah. 1000%. Um, I love that one, honestly. But yeah, no, you honestly have a very, very good skincare routine. And I love the fact that you did mention in the morning, you don't necessarily cleanse your face. And I feel like with clients, I actually don't recommend a lot of clients to cleanse their skin in the morning because if you're already double cleansing at night, you don't necessarily need to strip your skin once again in the morning. Unless let's say, for example, you know, last night you washed your face, but you feel like it wasn't enough, then you can go ahead and cleanse your skin in the morning if you still feel like there's some sort of impurities. But otherwise, I don't necessarily recommend people cleansing the skin in the morning. I think it could be very overstripping for the skin. And honestly, you're not really doing anything at night. If you have very excessive oil production, or if you have like, let's say like cystic acne, I might recommend it to you. But Overall, I think a lot of people's skin benefit more from not being cleansed in the morning than actually being cleansed with like an actual cleanser. So I really love that. Um, So for our listeners today that are looking for to establish this consistent skincare routine, what advice would you give for them? Because obviously being consistent with your skincare routine, I think is the main problem for everyone. Um, So do you have any like tricks or tips for them? Well, consistency is kind of, I think, the hardest problem at first is, you know, just making sure it's something that you stick with because like we talked about, you're not going to see immediate results from doing it one time and then not doing it again for two weeks. But it's no different with anything else. If you go to the gym, if you work out, you're going to see results if you're consistent. Um, And that goes with everything. So for me, The one thing and the key to making sure that you remain consistent would be finding a way to do it that works for you. You don't have to be so aggressive every single time. And like we talked about with either 10 minutes or a 30 minute routine, do whatever you feel like doing. Five minutes is better than nothing at all. So for me, you know, I might have days where I wake up and I'm like, this is not what I want to do right now. I'm really tired. I don't want to get going. And I'll be like, okay, let me just do this for like two, two minutes. And after two minutes, I'm like, I could actually do my five. I'll do my full five today, whatever. Sometimes I make it to 10, but it's just doing it. Because then after a while and you start to see those results, you're just so happy with the routine and what it's doing for you. It's what it's doing for your body, what it's doing for you emotionally. And so you want to do it. And after you do something for a certain amount of time, it just becomes a habit regardless. So then you're waking up and you're like, this doesn't feel like a morning without doing my morning skincare routine. This doesn't feel, I feel like I've missed something. If I wake up and I've got the energy to do it and I've got no time to do it because maybe I'm running out the door, until I've done that skincare routine for that day, I feel like I've missed a part of my morning or I'm missing finishing a part of my day. And that's fine also. It doesn't have to be in the morning. Sometimes I'll do it in the middle of the day and sometimes I'll do it at night. And I'll just tell myself, okay, at some point today, I'm going to do it. 
the morning just is nice because then you go throughout your day, you know, you finished it, you feel good. And sometimes you make guasha again at the end of the day, like whatever it is you're feeling, consistency to me is more convenient and it's, you adapt better to learning how to do something for yourself consistently. If you take the time to do it for yourself in a way that works for you. Don't force yourself to do something that you're not in the mood to do for a longer period than you need to. Don't make it a chore. Just make it something that's beneficial to you and for your time and whatever feels good to you. Mm -hmm. I love that. And honestly, I think like being consistent with habits is one of the hardest things because at the end of the day, it's literally about rewiring your brain into thinking like, okay, this is what I have to do every single morning. And I feel like a lot of people, they started getting into this really bad habit of waking up in the morning, going on their phones, scrolling through Instagram. And there's a lot of like videos of that where once you start once you start your day being very productive, your whole entire day will be productive. And I've noticed that with myself as well. Like there are some days, of course, that I take it easy and I'm just on my phone the whole entire day. And I realize that those days, I just feel so much more tired. I don't feel like doing anything else. However, the days that I wake up super early, that I'm already productive in the morning, just accomplishing a little thing like doing my gua sha for 10 minutes, these are the days that I'm the most productive and I'm going to get the most done in a day. So I think it's just rewiring your brain and especially in the morning when your brain is just fresh, right? Like nothing, there's no info that came in yet. So if you're starting off your day on this very like productive foot, then your whole entire day, like it sets the tone for your whole entire day to be productive basically. Exactly. So I definitely think like, um, I don't know if you read this book called um, Atomic Habits. No, I haven't. It's such a good book when it comes to like consistency and like developing like habits because at some point he talks about habit stacking. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, in the morning, like you don't want it to be a chore like you said, right? Let's say in the morning you want to do your face yoga, stack it with something that makes you happy. So let's say, I don't know, you can do your face yoga with while you're playing your music or your positive affirmation. So stacking it with something that makes you feel like, wow, like I'm looking forward to doing this. And over time, this is going to be a consistent habit that you're going to develop. So that's like a little trick to rewire the brain basically. Um, So that's definitely a really, really good tip. Do you have any um, beauty hacks or beauty tips to share with others who want to start adding a little bit of something into their self-care routine? Hmm, Tips and tricks. I feel like once you kind of figure out your own skincare routine that works best for your skin, you start to adapt in a way that allows you to create different tips and tricks, but kind of like we talked about earlier, always having water or some sort of hydration, whether you're jumping out of the shower or splashing water on your face before your hyaluronic acid makes a huge difference. I even find that with my oils, I like to have my face a little bit wet. It helps everything Mm -hmm. absorb much better and it makes me feel so much more plump and moisturized. Another thing that we touched on a little bit is the double cleansing at the end of the day. I think that that is such a big deal that makes such a difference when it comes to mm-hmm. cleansing your skin and just how your skin evolves and changes over time by doing that. And then another little tip and trick is if you're trying to figure out what works for your skin, especially 
if you've not figured out your routine yet, if you want to try different products, if you're trying different retinols or anything like that, get travel sizes. Don't buy the large size because then you get really disheartened because you've spent a lot of money. Something's not working for your skin or when you've used something for the first time, you start to have a reaction or maybe you're just too sensitive for it. And you're like, okay, well, I've just spent, you know, 40 to $80 on this big tube of product and I I don't want to use it. If you buy the travel sizes, you can try different ones over a period of time, see what works for you, and then stick with the ones that your skin reacts well to and that you're seeing good outcomes with. Um, I think that that's a big deal because I have wasted a lot of money and time on certain products that I've realized, like, this Mm -hmm. isn't working for my skin. Um, And that can become very disheartening. But when you do things in a way that allows you to figure out what's working for your skin without making it insanely cost effective or cost intense, it's, it's much nicer and it's a much smoother journey than going through tubes and tubes and wasting a lot of product. If you just buy the travel sizes, figure out what works. Um, for me, I found that that was one of the best ways that I utilized all the product that I did have to find the small amount of items that I use on a daily basis that will work for my skin. Mm-hmm. No, that's actually a really, really good tip because I think like for me too, like I spent so much money on skincare to only realize that I'm actually not even going to use that product yeah. down the line, you know? Um, and then there's this policy where you open it, you're not allowed to return it anymore. So that kind of sucks at the end of the day. So definitely investing in travel sizes, especially if you want to start a new ingredient or a new product and you're not really sure about it, how it's going to react to your skin. Um, so I know we talked a little bit about your skincare routine earlier and you were talking about how your skincare routine sort of changed now that you are pregnant. What is it like in terms of ingredients or products? that has changed for you? So for me, I was always still more on the natural side, which made it a little bit easier. But as I mentioned before, having melasma and dark spots, hyperpigmentation, something that I loved that I was fortunate enough to go through enough of them to get my skin to a space where I'm happy and get my skin to a space where I'm comfortable with it, where chemical feels. And those Mm -hmm. I think work wonders depending on the issues that you have for your skin. Um, it's my process with doing, I think I've done about four to get my skin to where I needed it to be in order to create a routine that I can just maintain and continue to enhance my skin. Things like that you now need to avoid when you're pregnant. Yeah. And then also, you know, it just depends. A lot of it's controversial because a lot of the data that we have is minuscule. There's not a lot of data because, it's not ethical to test on pregnant women naturally. So a lot of what's out there, we do have some data and utilizing that data and the data that we have, that tells us, you know, we're just not sure it's best to sometimes avoid that. So for me, a lot of that was any kind of retinol or anything like that, um, avoiding completely. And then when it comes to washes, like if you're breaking out and every trimester is different, which I've learned so far being in my second now is in the first trimester, you might break out a lot. Second trimester, you might be fine. Whatever that is, if you choose to use an acne wash, you want something that's gentle. So CeraVe has a lot of good gentle washes. La Roche-Posay has a lot of really gentle washes. If you're doing the double cleansing with the oil, like that's what I choose to do. I love that as well. If you're feeling really oily, you might choose to use one of the different ones. But if you're using something like a benzoyl peroxide, you just want to stay within a range of 2% or less. Things like that 
So it's understanding and learning what works, what you can and can't put on your skin, topically or orally. Um, azaleic, is that how you say it? Azaleic Azaleic, acid. Yeah. Azaleic acid. Azaleic acid. Azaleic acid. So one thing that I've loved when it comes to hyperpigmentation and melasma after getting my skin to where I want it, instead of using retinols and things like that, I've switched to azaleic acid. And it also, Mm -hmm. because it has a brightening factor to it, but it also helps kind of to reduce the breakouts that you might be getting or keep them from coming back. At least it has for me. Mm-hmm. So I've replaced any kind of retinol or anything with azelaic acid, and I love it. I think it works great. If I ever feel like I'm breaking out in little spots or I want to use a brightening serum, I use azelaic acid at the end of the day. So I mm-hmm. always use that product at the end of the day. After I do my double cleanse, I let that sit on my skin. And other than that, I've just stuck kind of with the regular um, routine that I've had before. When it comes to sunscreen, it's a little bit of the same thing. I avoid all chemical sunscreens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've I've usually only used mineral, but anything chemical, I stay away from. So it's all mineral. Mm-hmm. Tinted mineral sunscreen I love because it helps to block a little bit more of the blue ray light that might hit your skin at any time of day. Um, yeah, other than that, it's anything chemical, anything intense. And then when it comes to what you're avoiding, it's also really good if you have a really good local esthetician that you go to or a dermatologist that you see that can kind of recommend different things for you because it's yeah. there's a bit of controversy around what you can and can't do. So what I found in my research and just talking to people is it's you know, there's not enough data, so don't do it. Or this is actually Mm -hmm. really safe. I think you should do it. Or they tell you not to do this, but I would do it anyway. And as someone that's pregnant, you're immediately like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure that my baby is safe, even though I still want to take care of my skin. So I find that natural is just better. Organic, clean, natural, mineral-based products work the best for me. And that's kind of what I've stuck with. And then I've just removed anything that has to do with retinols, chemicals, or anything super intense that can be absorbed into your skin or Mm -hmm. with data that actually has clear facts stating that this can affect um, a fetus or an unborn baby in their first developmental stages, which the first trimester, you need to be the most cautious because their organs are developing. So you're changing everything. I mean, sulfates, all of that, parabens, you're so much more cautious of actually what's in your skincare. And it's, it can be very scary, but then you also have to remember too that, you know, generations before us, our parents, our parents' parents, they were not doing all of this research. They didn't have Google telling them like, avoid these 1500 products, use these 2000 products. And, you know, we all turned out fine. You're going to be okay. It's just a matter of the data that we do have and knowing what's actually potentially harmful, eliminating mm-hmm. all those products and sticking with the more natural ones is what I found works best for me. Yeah. And I love that because that's usually what I would recommend to uh, pregnant ladies who come to the clinic. I don't recommend any lasers. I don't recommend any invasive treatments Mm -hmm. either. I know that just recently, I think like two days ago, I had a client come in. She was in her first trimester and she wanted to do a microneedling session. And I was like, there is no way we're (laughs) going to be doing that on you. Um, At the end of the day, it's just about 
like precaution, taking precaution. You don't want to risk harming the baby at the end of the day. Even if it's about getting clear skin, you can figure out your skin later. I think like priority should be sort of just making sure that your baby is safe. So no invasive treatments, basically what you said in terms of ingredients, I don't recommend any pregnant woman using retinol either. That can be a little bit too much for the skin. Um, Mm. And it also depends on the person, right? Like I know that there are some pregnant ladies who are dealing with acne, unfortunately. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when it comes to acne, you need to do a little bit of an invasive treatment. But in that case, I still recommend to just stick with a good, gentle skincare brand, a good skincare line as well that's made for pregnant safe ladies Mm -hmm. um, and ingredients as well. Um, but overall, I think if you want to get a facial, you can definitely get like an acne clearing facial and there's nothing invasive in the acne clearing facials. You just have to make sure that, you know, you are speaking with your doctor, you are speaking with your esthetician to see, um, what facials would be great for you. But at the end of the day, like I think at the end, yeah, it's just about making sure that you are taking that precaution for your baby. Um, Could you explain to us a little bit about the difference in terms of ingredients like that are classified pregnancy safe uh, versus those that are labeled pregnancy caution or pregnancy risk? Yeah. And and that's where it gets confusing and that's where it becomes this very vicious cycle of doing research, thinking you're okay with a product and then looking somewhere else and being like, I'm actually not okay with this product. I don't know. And that's where, you know, it's making sure that you have someone established, whether it's your dermatologist or esthetician you go to for your skincare routine that is going to be able to tell you yes or no. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, pregnancy safe usually means It's very clean. There are no harmful effects. None have ever been reported. There's no data on it. It's going to be safe for you and your baby. It's not getting absorbed into your bloodstream. It's not going down and reaching the fetus and causing harmful effects. Now, pregnancy cautious just really means there's not enough data because there's not enough data on a lot of things. And so there are certain things that, you know, over time data suggested, yes, this causes cognitive dysfunction. This may cause problems for your unborn child. Those are obviously unsafe. You stay away from, but anything cautious, I would just say, avoid it if you're unsure, you know, because that goes back to the mental side of things too, where you can ruin your skin. You can have a really tough time and you can make your pregnancy harder by worrying the entire time that what you're putting on your body is affecting your baby in a harmful way. Why even go through that? Why even allow yourself to do something that you're unsure of? And if you're getting conflicting answers, I'd say just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And do you know off the top of your head any pregnancy brands that you can recommend for other mothers out there? Yeah, so the living libations that we talked about earlier with the sea buckthorn oil is actually really amazing. They have a whole line, if you go on their website too, of pregnancy safe products, you can see. Mm -hmm. Um, There's other websites you can find too. There's one called 15 Minute Beauty that's been around for a while. And you can just go on and look up the skincare products that you already use. And Mm -hmm. like we just talked about, they'll have three tiers of absolutely safe, probably not safe and unsafe. And you can kind of utilize those things that you can find online or talk to your local esthetician or someone that you trust that's um, experienced and professional and can give you those answers as well. Otherwise, 
CeraVe always has good products. The Ordinary has products. Um, La Roche-Posay has products. Anything you're doing that's natural and oil-based usually will be fine. Essential oils, you do want to be careful with those because you could have reactions yourself. Your skin is so sensitive when you're pregnant, so you never know how you're going to react. And you really, if you're unsure, spot do a spot treatment, you know, put a little bit on your skin, see how you react, wait a minute. So even with natural, you still want to be cautious, but a lot of the brands out there that you trust, that you know of, that you've heard of, or even that you're using do have pregnancy safe products within their line. You just have to do a little bit of research if you're not using a company like Honest that might have a full line of four moms. And you're going to want to do a little bit of research just to make sure because some brands have things that are great and then they have things that are not great. So Mm -hmm. it's that research. But for me, Living Libations has been amazing. The Ordinary, that's where I get my azelaic acid. And then La Roche-Posay, I use them for hyaluronic acid. And also I have a moisturizer from them that I really, really like. And my vitamin C is SkinCeuticals, which also has a lot of products within their line that are pregnancy safe. Yeah. So I love that you mentioned that because I think at the end of the day, it is really about the formulation and the ingredients. I think like there are some brands out there who have a ton of this different skincare products, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be pregnancy safe products or let's say like ingredients for you. So I think it's very important to just look at the ingredients. Don't mind the brand, look at the ingredients and really try to see if that's okay with you. Again, like um, allergies as well. So Mm -hmm. stay away from anything that, you know, could be potentially an allergy trigger for you. Uh, Cause you said it once again, like when you are pregnant, your skin gets very, very sensitive. So just important to look at the ingredients list, try to put it online. There's a bunch of like checkers, like ingredients list checkers to see whether they can be harmful or not. So there's a lot of websites out there that you can verify whether these ingredients could be good for you. So Besides skincare and self-care, what do you think that there are other like lifestyle factors that really helped you to live this sort of healthier lifestyle? Basically, movement and learning to love your body and the mental clarity that we spoke about earlier. I think mm-hmm. exercise is so important. I think the same way you might wash out your face because your lymph nodes are backed up or you've got water just sitting in places and you want to drain everything out, the same thing happens with your body. So movement is so important. Walking every day, again, whether it's 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour is so important. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a huge difference. And then your mental clarity when you feel good and you look good and everything's going well for you and mentally you're in a good place, your skin reacts. Your body is amazing. It's incredible what your body can do. And you might notice this. I'm sure other people notice too, like when they're sad, when they're depressed, when whatever it might be is going on in their life is affecting them emotionally, it will show on your skin. You know, if you're nervous, it shows on your skin. You might turn red. You might break out. You might get eczema. Whatever it is, an underlying condition that you already have, It will appear tenfold if you're unhealthy in other ways when it comes to your body and when it comes to your mental health. So I think that that's huge. I think making sure that you stay hydrated is the number one thing, whether you're pregnant or not. And pregnancy 
it's like tripled. I could drink seven, eight glasses. And within 30 minutes, I'm like, I think I'm dehydrated again. But just on a regular basis, making sure that you're drinking your water, you're staying hydrated and you're moving and you're keeping everything flowing in whatever way works Mm -hmm. for you, whether it's running, walking, yoga. I think that that all makes a huge difference in how your skin performs and transforms and heals itself. Yeah, because at the end of the day, whatever is happening internally is reflecting on the external part. And I think that's sort of where my healing journey began because I used to feel very, very anxious in the past and that would reflect through my skin. And that's basically how I got acne. And in order for me to, well, basically how I healed my acne, it was through regulating my nervous system. So Mm -hmm. doing practices like meditation or, um, sound healing and everything like that, just to bring yourself back into the present moment, doing this over time, consistently. Yes. Breath work as well, I think has helped me a lot just to help regulate that nervous system. Um, but I think mainly meditation has been just a game changer for me. I think like just breathing, meditating, making sure that you're realizing that any thought that is going through your head is not necessarily attached to you. You sort of have to just look at these thoughts as if they're clouds passing through mm-hmm. the sky and that's it. Yes. You don't have to connect yourself emotionally to those thoughts. Um, anything that happens, you can sort of separate yourself from that situation because you know that you're able to control how you feel. Like any emotion yeah. that you feel, you're able to control that, whether it's sadness or anger, like you choose to not be angry or you choose to not be sad you know, 1000%. Yeah. It is really hard at the end of the day, of course, if there is a huge situation that happened in your life and a very like traumatic situation that happens in your life, it is completely normal to feel these emotions, but you have to know that these emotions will pass 100%. And it's you that chooses to be happy in life. It's not someone else, an external factor that's going to choose whether you're joyful or not. So I think it's just really important to help regulate your mind, to practice really good stress relieving techniques Mm -hmm. so that you're able to heal your body essentially at the end of the day. Yeah. That's in the breath work. Like you, you touched on is so important. I find that, oh my gosh, breathing makes such a difference especially even if you have such a hard time meditating, whatever that might be for you, you're too distracted, you can never just quiet your head, just start with breath work because it just puts you in that place of complete relaxation. You go into a meditation without even realizing it. And it's amazing what you can do for your body. I don't know if you ever do. Do you ever do cryotherapy or any of that? Okay, so that's huge too. That's something... Mm -hmm. I love and obviously I can't do that while I'm pregnant. So I can't wait till I can do it again. But I think that that makes a huge difference as well is the Mm -hmm. cryotherapy, red light therapy too. Um, 100%. Oh my gosh, red light therapy is again, another holy grail. It's I use that. It's safe during pregnancy. You know, you, whether I used to go lay down in one of those long, red light beds, but just makes you a little bit too hot. So I have one that you can place on any part of your body. And while Mm -hmm. I'm doing that, I'll do the breath work. So you're kind of doing everything. You know that you're healing your body, you're healing your skin. And because they've also got the red lights that have the blue light mixed in there as well, Yes, which can help with breakouts too. If that's something that 
you feel you're interested in, I highly suggest because it makes mm-hmm. such a difference. It works wonders. So sometimes if I feel like I'm breaking out on my chest, I do a lot. Um, I'll just lay it across my chest and read a book or watch TV or whatever it is I'm doing. I'll use that. And I'm not even kidding the next day. It's like barely there or it's completely gone. I use mm-hmm. the red light on my dog. <laughs> she, oh my God. I, That's so cute. She'll lay her upside down. I'll lay the red light over her because she has, yeah. she's small. She's eight pounds. So the red light covers her whole body, but yeah. she has trachea issues with her throat because she's a Pomeranian and it helps. Okay. It works wonders on her throat, helps her breathe through the night. And so red light is one of those things, again, where I'm like, if you can incorporate your breath work or meditation or any of that with a little bit of red light, yeah, you, it's a game changer. 100%. And that's literally what my nighttime routine consists of. It's mm-hmm. the red light therapy. The one that I have is from Current Bodies. And I absolutely love that one because I also think it has um, infrared light as well. So yes. that like healing light. Um, so I do that breath work. You have that meditation going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Also, just to be a little extra with it, I have like my crystal bowls. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and just <laughs> do a little sound therapy, which also, by the way, I think like healing frequencies help so much. And people don't even realize that the music that you listen to really has a huge effect on how you feel. Yes. And whenever I'm sick, a little tip is that I literally put on healing frequencies in the background. I love that. Whenever I'm sick. That is amazing. And it makes a difference. You know, there are certain stages of, um, or different trimesters where your baby's developing that they tell you to listen to certain things, whether it's classical music or not. Yes. And there's so many studies that have literally shown that certain sound frequencies can actually help support the healing process in your body. So that can help influence your mood, that can help decrease your stress. It helps with um, your sleeping patterns. So there are multiple benefits when it comes to certain frequencies. Okay, so in your experience, could you tell us a little bit about the relationship between stress and your skin health? Stress and skin health go together, unfortunately, very, very well. And if you're stressed, if you're sad, if you're anxious, any of that, at least I find personally, shows on my skin. And there was a period of time which kind of started this journey for me where I was really stressed and stressed, but also it was a cocktail of stress, anxiety, a little bit of depression because of all of that Mm -hmm. in a way. And so my skin was reacting very negatively. And, you know, a lot of that can affect your gut health, which is something that is huge when it comes to your skin. And I had to figure all of that out while trying to figure out my mental clarity and how to get to a space within myself that I was happy and satisfied with where I was at in my life. And so stress played or stress played a huge part in kind of negatively affecting my skin. And I think it does for most people, but they just don't realize it. And if you do realize it, it's then a matter of figuring out how to manage that stress or how to get yourself to a better place mentally. And once you get there, it's almost mind-blowing how your skin will react. So when I was really, really stressed and going through a really hard time, I had to take a bunch of steps, whether it was meditation, yoga, 
all of that to really clear my mind and learn about myself and figure out what it was that was actually blocking me mentally, which was not allowing my body to heal, which created a lot of gut issues for my body. And the gut issues in turn caused extra stress because you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm blowing up. I've had a cracker and my gut is out to here. You know, it was so uncomfortable because when your gut is affected negatively, the rest of your body is in so many ways. It can be pain. It can be arthritis. It can be just bloating. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that came from stress and anxiety. And so once I mentally was able to get to a really good place and clear my mind, I was able to heal my gut and I was able to heal my skin. And so I think if you're going through a tough time or if you find yourself very stressed, whether it's something as deep as what I was going through or something as light as it's just work stresses you out and you have a very stressful job that you go to every single day, realizing whatever that stress is for you, whether it's an entirety of the day or part of the day that's stressing you out, you've got to be able to take the time for yourself to realize what that is so you can manage it and so you can fix it. Because if you allow it to fester and to grow, it's only going to get worse and it's going to affect your body in so many negative ways. And it's going to affect your skin in so many negative ways. And what I learned is when I'm really upset or really stressed or really fatigued even, it shows on my skin in the form of melasma or hyperpigmentation, or I get really dark circles under my eyes. I look like I haven't had water in weeks. And it's like, it's just my body telling me like, I need a second. I need you to snap back. I need you to clear your mind and I need you to get to a good place so I can focus on healing everything else that needs to be healed. Yeah. And I think everyone, like whenever stress or anxiety comes through, it can reflect in your body very, very differently. And like you said a little bit Mm -hmm. earlier, like this can sometimes be an eczema flare up. And I've had clients who all of a sudden they've never had eczema before. And after a very stressful period of their lives, they started getting eczema on their face and they were like, what is going on? And I feel like from there, it actually becomes a snowball effect when Mm -hmm. you start to feel a little bit stressed about something and then your eczema comes comes out all of a sudden and then next thing you know now you start to have acne and then next thing you know now you're losing your hair and it's just like a snowball of effect but this literally happened because of stress to begin with so I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people should understand that if you're managing your stress properly like you're able to prevent all of this from happening and do you have any good stress management techniques you want to share with people like other than like meditation or breath work Honestly, my skincare routine has become a big part of the stress management. Mm -hmm. It's become something that I do in the morning to kind of set the tone or at the end of the day to kind of eliminate whatever it is I went through during the day. And that I feel like if you create some sort of routine that's consistent, like we talked about earlier, and doing the stacking method, like you said, I feel like can be, you know, creating a moment of joy within that routine that makes you excited to do it can be really good for stress management because if it's not meditation, you're still taking time for yourself in a different form to nurture your body and take care of yourself. And I think that when you learn to do that and you learn to love yourself in that way, 
That is stress management because you're not taking a moment to look in the mirror and tell yourself why you've had the worst day or you don't feel good or you're not feeling happy about yourself. You're taking a moment to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm going to heal you. You're doing amazing. This is good. And I think having a mantra, whatever that might be, whether it's, and I've got a few and they change depending on the day, you know, whatever it is I'm going through, whatever I feel in the morning, it might be like, okay, I'm happy, I'm healthy, and I'm strong. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like, I just tell myself that and I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. Like, I'm happy. It's a good day. Nothing bad has happened. I'm healthy. Like, I have nothing to complain about. I'm about to take care of myself. Everything is good. I'm strong. Like, I can do this. I can get through the day. I can do whatever it is. And I think starting with something like that is so powerful because you don't even realize it. Even if you don't even believe in it, try it. Do it. When you wake up in the morning, look at yourself, say it to yourself, and you'll start to believe it, and then it'll affect everything else that happens throughout the rest of the day, and it'll affect how your body handles and manages stress. Because instead of waking up feeling like it's going to be a tough day or a hard day, you wake up feeling like it's going to be a good day, like you're going to be able to get through the day and do whatever it is you need to do. And I think that that makes a huge difference. Yeah, 100%. And I think like, again, like we spoke a little bit earlier, like once you wake up on the right foot, once you kind of set the tone for the day, that's what your day is going to look like. So if you're waking up Mm -hmm. all grumpy, all upset, like that literally sets the tone for your whole entire day. Now you're going to be a little bit upset about every single situation that's going to happen in your life. And I think it's also about like developing this positive mindset that no matter what bad situation happens in your life and like obviously bad situations happen to everyone. Like it's unavoidable. We're not like going to be happy 24 seven, obviously. But um, I think it's about just developing that mindset of this is okay. Like all is well. Like even if there's this certain situation that's coming about, like it doesn't matter, like it's going to pass and we're going to solve it. We're going to figure out how to go about this situation at the moment. And I think like if you always tell yourself that you have this sort of like positive mindset, you always look at things in a positive light, I think it can really benefit you in your life in general. And no matter what situation comes to you or happens to you, like you're not going to dramatically fall into this pit hole of darkness, basically. And um, I think for me, it was sort of like that in the past. Like I had this like very, very negative mindset as to everything that happens that's bad is just going to get worse from there. And it's just like, now I'm looking at it, I'm like laughing about it because I do not have that mindset anymore. Like, I think I rewired my brain enough to think like, it's just, it's funny to me, like now, like looking back to who I was before, um, that person Mm -hmm. that was just super negative all the time. And it's like, you don't realize it, but your negativity like spreads to every single other person around you. Yes. And even if it's like a subtle thing, like even if you're not saying anything, like your body language, the way that Mm -hmm. you're, I don't know, you're portraying yourself to other people, like people can feel that, you know, people can feel your energy and they can feel that you're, you're really negative. And that kind of brings down the whole entire vibe of whatever situation it is. So I think it's very important to be mindful of that and also to set an example for other people. 
I think like, yeah, 1000%. Yeah. If you have kids, especially, and you don't want your kids mm-hmm. to do a certain thing, like, I think you need to set that example. You need to be the one that's like not on the phone if you don't want them to be on the phone. If you want your kids to read, then you should be the person that is sort of reading. So I think it's very, sure. very important to sort of set that tone. Um, so obviously, in today's world, there is a lot of beauty standards. And I think a lot of the times people, their self-confidence, it can become very, very overwhelming because of this societal pressure. So what advice would you give to someone who is currently dealing with self-acceptance or self-love and their confidence? I think it's important to remember that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that is said often, but overlooked and it's really hard to think that way when you're in that dark place I know for me when I was there just like you were talking about it's the same thing I got to a point where I was like I don't want to go out and I don't want to see people because I know what I'm exuding is cold and almost standoffish but it has nothing to do with anyone else it's fully to do with me I would go through spurts where I was like I just can't talk to people. I can't see my friends. I don't want to because I don't feel good. I don't feel good about myself. I feel like, you know, everything that is wrong is me. Mm -hmm. And so it puts you in this dark hole that's really hard to climb out of. But when you start to love and accept yourself, then you kind of realize, okay, like I want to put this out there. I'm becoming more comfortable around other people. So it's really just finding a way to love yourself again, I think is the first step, no matter what. And just knowing that you are not alone because you can look at other people and you can be like, wow, they seem to have a great life. They are never sad. And a lot of it isn't talked about online. A lot of what we're going through personally isn't expressed on our social medias. So I might be having the worst day, but I've got one good moment of that day. And that's what I post because that's making me happy. Someone else might see that and be like, wow, she's just having a great day all the time. And it's like, no, like some days are really, really hard. And that one little glimmer of happiness is what I want to share because I don't want to be putting that negativity out there. But something that I've learned, especially with the people around me and in my life, and something that I've had to also learn with close friends is when I am feeling that way, I need to make sure I have a support system of people around me that I can share that with. I need to be able to look at my husband or to look at my best friend or to look at my close circle of family and friends around me and say, hey, like today is a tough day. I'm going through this. I'm feeling this way. And this is why. And sometimes you don't even need anyone to say anything back to you. You don't need words of wisdom. You just need someone to listen. Mm -hmm. And so I think knowing that you're not alone, you're not the only one that might be feeling or have felt this way before. It's okay to share how you're feeling because there might be someone out there that can give you good advice or that can relate to you in in a way that you didn't think they could relate to you. And then that's also comfort in knowing, okay, I'm not the only one that feels this way. I'm not alone in this dark bubble of insecurity. It's not just me and I can get out of it if I allow myself to express and communicate and share and be a part of the community that's around me. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think like that is step number one. And if you're continuously doing this, you're continuously surrounding yourself with people who are willing to up uplift you in life. And 
especially your partner. And I cannot like stress this enough. I think there's a lot of people who get into relationships with someone who is just bringing them down down, and they don't realize Mm -hmm. like this has an effect on your life. You know, Um, you can believe that you can change this person or you can maybe uplift them and switch them to a more positive mindset. But truthfully, you cannot do that. If the person itself does not want to be a better person or to be a more positive person, no external factors is going to be able to change that for them. So I think especially your partner in life, the person that you literally spend the most time out of your day, um, a long, long time. you're going to be with your partner as well. So, and this is not like one to two years with your partner. Like you're going to be with this person for a good, like 60, 70, 80 years. This is your life partner. (laughs) Exactly. So if this person is not uplifting you and is not, you know, in a positive light, like this can have a huge effect on your life as well. So very important to pick your people wisely and to let go of those who Mm -hmm. are not serving you that purpose at the end of the day. Oh my gosh. And that can be, that can be one of the hardest things. And also one of the hardest things to realize. And it's, I feel like it's something you're told when you're younger too, like your circle of friends is going to get smaller. It might be small. It might be large. It might be small, but it's something that you're told, you know, like you do lose some friends along the way, but sometimes that's important for you to be able to grow. There are some people in your life that might be holding you back or some people in your life that might be bringing you down. Mm -hmm. And it's about figuring out what's the best for you and who's the best for you in terms of your mental health, in terms of your happiness, and in terms of, you know, someone that might be taking, 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 and making you feel lesser than when you could be surrounding yourself with people that are equals to you. Exactly. And it's hard to figure out, but once you do, it is liberating knowing that like, I don't need that in my life Mm -hmm. and I can let go of that. And that is okay. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, it's going to be a stress that is going to be relieved as well, right? Like if you're with a partner who's super toxic or you're with this group of friends that's super toxic, like out of toxicity comes stress, comes all of this drama. And you're going to realize like living this drama-free life with people who actually want the best for you is going to make you thrive even further in your life, whether it's your career, whether it's your, your skin, whether it's anything. Like at the end of the day, stress releases this hormone and this hormone doesn't do a good effect on you. And that's where you're going to start to see all of these external problems such as eczema. Some people develop like psoriasis or like you said, like melasma, hyperpigmentation, whatever the case may be. Um, Once you start to realize that you're able to regulate that stress, you're able to sort of regulate how your skin looks. And I just, I love that you definitely mentioned that. And I think like it's really important for people to know that it's not not just about the topical creams that you're applying to your skin externally. It's what's going on internally. And obviously that comes with your gut as well. So what you're eating can have a huge effect on how your skin looks oh, yeah. as well. Um, so 100%, I think it's very important to just be good in all of these aspects, uh, to be mindful of it. At the end of the day, we're not saying to meditate every single day. If you don't really like meditating, you can find your ways of stress management techniques, basically. 
Exactly. Find what works for you. And I think something that's so important also is to remember that everybody's journey is different and everybody's Mm -hmm. body is different. Something that is, I feel like really hard for a lot of people is they'll go online and they'll start researching or following certain people. And they're like, this is my routine. This is what I do. And so they're like, okay, I'm going to do the same exact thing and it's going to work for me. Mm -hmm. And no, it might not. It might affect you negatively. It might not benefit you. You have to figure out what works for you. And and that's in every sense of the word with your circle of friends, with your mental clarity, with your partner in life and with your skincare routine. Every single person is different. Mm -hmm. And so it really depends on what's best for your body. And I I really, truly suggest finding a professional. If you have a hard time doing the research and you feel like it's overwhelming because it really can be, is finding someone, for example, like listening to your podcast I found extremely helpful. No, thank you. Because I would, I whether I'm driving or I'm walking or whatever it is, listening just to learn more and to understand more is huge because I want to know because this is such a big deal. Like your skin is attached to your mental health Mm -hmm. because when you look good, you feel good. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like everything that I'm feeling internally, I know is reflected externally. And so I want to find sources that I can learn from and that I can grow with. And if you can find an esthetician that's local to you that you can actually physically go to for facials, I have mine here in West Palm Beach, um, Elite Skin and Beauty. She does microdermabrasion. Mm -hmm. That is safe for pregnancy. That helps maintain my hyperpigmentation while I'm going through this. And she can tell me what is and isn't safe in terms of if I have questions because I'm a little bit unsure. And then I can also listen to podcasts that I trust and I can do my own research, but then go to the professionals to find out the actual facts, especially if I feel overwhelmed. It's, it's such, there's such a big community out there and there's a lot of misinformation, but there's also a lot of good information. You just have to know where to look to find it. And you have to filter it out yourself. Cause let's say for example, like if I'm working with clients doing skin consultations, like it's one thing doing podcasts versus doing a one-on-one skin consultation with someone. So like when I know exactly what you're eating, what your lifestyle is, what products you're using, then I'd be able to really recommend a specific thing. Whereas when you're doing a podcast, it's more like general, right? Like it might not necessarily apply to you. It is really good in in terms of theory, but it's not necessarily going to benefit you 100%. So I know that we did talk about go-to beauty mantras or like philosophies. What would you say is your number one mantra or philosophy that you live by? Hmm. Number one. So like I said, I've got a few different mantras. It just depends on the day, how I'm feeling. Um, Philosophies. I think it's, more become for me now just really like I'm okay I'm going to be okay and everything is okay it's for me that's what it's really become is just knowing like whatever choices I make whatever decisions I make throughout the day whichever way my day goes it's all going to be okay I'm not going to let things affect me negatively and if they do that's also okay I'm going to step back and let it go so it's kind of a blend of understanding that not everything is going to go well and not every moment in my day is going to be perfect 
but I am capable and able of letting it go. Yeah. And I am capable and able of healing myself. And I think that for me has been huge in my healing journey for my body and for my mind, but also for my skin. And that is so satisfying to know that you can heal your skin and your body because, it, you know, there were times I was like, this is it for me. Like, this is my life. This is what I'm going to go through now every single day. But then allowing yourself and just trusting yourself and knowing that, like, it's all going to be okay. I can figure this out because mm-hmm. you will reach a point where you do figure it out. Yeah. And when you do, it is magical. And then you also let in everything else that's good around you. You find the good things. You let go of the bad things. And so I think having that mantra every day of everything is going to be okay. I am okay. Makes a huge difference. And saying it whenever, like to myself or out loud, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm feeling like things are going wrong, I'm getting anxious or this isn't a good day. What did I just say? How do I fix it? What do I, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa calm down. It's okay. Yeah. Everything is going to be okay. Yeah. It's really funny. Cause I actually have a very, very similar mantra and I always keep it as like my wallpaper on my phone. And it says all is well, everything is working out for my highest good out of this experience. Only good will come and I am safe. And I always just have that on hand. If ever I love that something happens and I'm like getting super stressed out and I'm like, Oh no, like, what do I do? I just look at my phone. I look at that wallpaper and I'm like, wow, like this really helps me calm (laughs) down. And it's true. Like everything at the end of the day is going to work out for your highest good. Like even if downs happen in your life, I think it's really important to know that even if there is a down, there's always going to be an up and that up can go really, really high, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's really important and I absolutely love that. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the book Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I actually have heard of that book. Yeah. I've not read it myself, but I have friends that swear by that book. I think you would love that book. Like, honestly, I think you should definitely give it a listen or give it a, because I know you can like listen to it like via audiobook. but honestly, I, I think you're really going to love that book. Oh, fun. Yeah, I love books. (laughs) I'm in a book club, so whenever I can find good books, that's the way to go. I don't like to listen to them. I do like to just flat out read them. them. I feel like, yeah, reading them is the way for me. I have friends that do both or one or the other, but... I can't listen and read at the same time because then I'm just like, okay, there's a lot going on here. But I like to listen to classical music and then read the book. Mm. That is the best thing to do while you're walking. So I'm putting it on my list. Thank you. No, it's. I think it's like it's all about how you can rewire your mind to become a better person. And I think like um, Dr. Joe Dispenza himself literally swears by rewiring your mind in order to heal your body. And he has a lot of clients who have been dealing with like – terrible, terrible health issues, but through the practice of meditation and just stress management techniques, they were able to heal their disease, which is like very, very interesting to me. But yeah, Uh, I love that. Have you heard of Hippocrates? Um, No. Okay. So there is, okay. So there's a, there can be a lot of controversy on like your skin and what you eat and things like that. But 
listen, like what you put in your body makes a huge difference to how your skin reacts and how you feel. And I think a lot of people forget that it's not just about saying like, drink your green juice and your skin's going to be perfect. It's how does that green juice make you feel? What do you then have the energy to do throughout the day? And how is that affecting you emotionally? Mm -hmm. And then how is that reflected on your skin? So it's a bigger picture, but there is this place called Hippocrates that's, uh, I think you would you would love it if you ever came to visit. Yeah. Um, I'll take you. It's it's all based on healing diseases within people's bodies and cancer and things like that. Oh wow! Addiction, okay. but through pure raw vegan diets, oh meditation, God. all of wow. that. It's amazing, and they've got this really really large plot of land where they have like a whole wheatgrass facility. They do lectures, yeah. they do events, they've got a healing center. Oh um, and then they've got like their raw, and you can stay there. You can just go there for lunch. It's really impressive, but it's, you know, the same thing where it's healing your mind and your body through nutrition mm -hmm. and your environment and what's around you. And you know, mentally, yeah. what are you allowing in and what are you keeping out? Oh my God, that sounds amazing. So where is this? Is this in Florida or? This is in Florida. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm located in Palm Beach and Hippocrates is a little bit out west off Okeechobee. So it's like West Palm Beach area. Okay. And I mean, it's amazing. You, you look it up too. There's a, they have a lot of information on their websites. Oh God, there's I will. A lot of little spots around like that, mm -hmm. which are really, really interesting. But that's one of the bigger ones around here um, that I think is really amazing. And they've got, you know, their own line of supplements and herbs and nutrients and things like that that oh, are actually really wow. beneficial and really helpful. And I love those things. Yeah. I'm obsessed because what you put in your body makes a huge difference. I'm a huge advocate for that. Yeah, so. This can be a whole new podcast episode, literally. I know. <laughs> Moving on to food. Yeah. Yeah. No, but honestly, like I, I love that. Florida's not too far. I'm located in Montreal. Unfortunately, here in Montreal, like I find that we don't have um, – a lot of wellness space as much as America. Um, like, yeah, for sure there is like these wellness places and everything, but I don't think it's like a really, really big thing here. Um, mm. And also another thing, like we don't have the sun as much as you guys do. Like that's 100%. Like right now, like my windows are really wide open, but there's no sunlight coming through. Really? Yeah. It's cloudy. It's super cloudy. It's been cloudy for like the past like three months, I would say. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See, okay, here we get some, but sometimes it's like, that's a lot of sun. So you have to be so careful. Yeah. So, I mean, there, you know, there's a happy blend there, but that's so interesting. Yeah. Well, that's another reason. Maybe I'll move there. Who knows? In the future. Yay, come. <laughs> I would it's love. Fun. You'll love it. I would love to move to the U.S., but we'll see. Um, but anyway, thank you so much, Samantha, for joining me today. I will be linking all of your socials down below. So if you want to let people know where they can find you. Awesome. Um, it was wonderful being here. I love talking with you. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about, I but I love that you have your podcast because there's a lot that I listen to that I'm like, yes, she's talking about <laughs> that. She's covering that. I think that's so exciting. Yeah. And for me, I'm just continuing to research and I post my own journey. Yeah. Um, my Instagram at Samantha Cerny is usually where I post everything. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I have a, a production company called Kilo Content mm -hmm. that's local here in West Palm Beach. So we do a lot of videos and 
I utilize a lot of what we do here in our studio, kind of within my own daily habits and when I post on my page and things like that. But a huge part of my journey is just figuring it out. And as I figure it out, I share what works for me. There's a bunch of people that I swear by when it comes to learning gua sha or face yoga or podcasts such as yours that I'm obsessed with, that I listen to, that I learn from. So I share those as well um, because I feel like knowledge is power. And the more you can find out there, the people you can actually trust and listen to mm-hmm. that are skilled in their craft is so useful and so helpful. Yeah. yeah, So thank you for having your podcast. Well, thank you so much for being on here and thank you guys once again for listening. I will be linking all of your socials down below in the description of this episode. So have an amazing start to your year, everyone. And I wish you a happy 2024. Bye for now. Happy new year. Bye. If you guys enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave a rating as this helps my podcast so, so much. And if you're located in the Montreal area, feel free to book a facial with me with the link in my bio on Instagram at skinwellness.studio. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And also make sure to download my free acne healing guide if you are on the road to healthier skin. On that note, I wish you all an amazing rest of your day and see you in the next episode.